0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's cast your free 24 seven non-stop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's cast to download the app restrictions apply. It's time now for the Bob Melvin show presented by nest Betting. The three-time manager of the year sits down with Chris Townsend, exclusively on A's Cast. Visit nestbedding.com today. Here now is Chris Townsend. Time now for the Bob Melvin Show here on A's Cast, brought to you by nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. You'll love all their mattresses. I guarantee it. How are we doing, Bob? Doing good. How about yourself? Uh, we're doing well, and, and looking at the position you're in, you know, you, you're in the mix. Like, if it ended today, and I know this doesn't mean anything, but if it ended today, you would be in the postseason. I think you have to like that your destiny is in your own hands.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of baseball to be left to be played, and in a week, who knows what it's going to look like, and that's why I try not to focus on right now, because this thing could flip around ten different times. Once you get to September and you kind of have an eye on the – on the finish line then you kind of have an idea where you are and what you need to do but we're just trying to win as many games as we can at this point and you know up to now it's been okay
0: what is your opinion on the trade deadline being a hard deadline now? The waiver claims are no uh, no longer possible after the 31st. So, kind of what you see in your opponents and what you see with yourself, what you see is what you get after the 31st.
1: Yeah, you know what? I, I'm not all that involved in that anyway. And I do know that we've been able to make some moves after the deadline, so it makes maybe affects us a little bit. But like you said, you know, after today, what you have is what you're going to have, and what other people have is what they're going to have, so you can more focus on that, at least on a preparation standpoint from my end.
0: You know, I, I, I thought it was shocking, and I, I forgot about this. You know, you go back to like the the mid-80s, the trading deadline when you were playing
1: was June 15th. I mean, that's far different <laughs> than what we see today. It is, and you know, now you you get a little bit of better chance to evaluate your club, uh, you know, the, the deeper in the season you go, and You know, typically July is kind of a big month for injuries, too. So, you know, you have to go through that period as well and evaluate that. But like I said, it it really doesn't affect me all that much in the fact that, you know, we're just trying to go out there and win some games. And the front office are the ones that are trying to, uh, you know, either, either get some players here or send some out.
0: So you get Diekman, the left-hander out of Kansas City, and the one stat that you really look at is the strikeouts to innings pitched, and, and he, brings, he brings you an element of, of another guy that can put people away. How do you plan on using
1: him? He's, he'll be our late lefty, and, and he's got a history of going through his righties, too, so he's not just a situational lefty. Like you said, he creates a lot of strikeouts, and, and we've had to face him in the past. And, you know, when he was with Texas, he was our eighth inning guy, and whether it was three righties, three lefties, or a combination, uh, that was his inning. So uh, I'm not sure it's going to be that succinct. You know, we still have some guys, depending on who's available and depending on matchups that we use them a little bit differently, but he's definitely our late lefty. How big is it to have a left-handed pitcher that can get righties out? It's big because, you know, nowadays with, you know, either teams pinch hitting and or, you know, setting their lineups up where you have to go through some righties to get to maybe the most significant lefties, uh, it it makes a big difference. And and when he can strike guys out and he can miss bats, it means means he's got some power and, and guys aren't getting a good look at him.
0: Blake trying to look pretty
1: good in his last outing. Do you think you're starting to get, you know, what you saw last year out of him right now? I do. You know, I think it was that was a big big one for him and that it was a close game and um You know, he had a a really clean inning, and we saw so many cleanings last year. He had some swings and misses, which we saw a lot of last year. So I think uh, in this incremental progress to where we have him right now, I think that was his best outing. I know he feels good about it. What do you think your bullpen will look like if you get everybody on track with so many power arms? It's got a chance to be really good. You know, we just... You know you look at the results last year that were historic you know we didn't give up a lead after the seventh inning until like the last two weeks of the season and this year it's been anything but so you know we've kind of you know take turns you know having rough periods and when you have what 20 blown saves or whatever it was that we have right now it's it's completely different than than last year so you just kind of have to fight through it constantly try to kind of re reconfigure the bullpen and get the best results at that particular time and Uh, it's nice to have uh, Mr. Diekman here. So Chris Davis
0: gets the winning RBI as they walk in the winning run. And I know for Chris you'd like to see a grand slam or you'd like to see a double off the wall. But just from a confidence standpoint, what do you think that does for him where he does come through and wins the game?
1: Yeah, at that point in time, I didn't care what it took. It could have been a pass ball to win the game, and I've been happy with that. So it was a good at bat. You know, he he didn't try to go out of the zone. He didn't get too anxious. He's actually hit a walk-off or at least a, a go-ahead homer against um, that particular pitcher last year over there. Um, but I, I was impressed by the fact that he wasn't trying to do too much because when you're struggling some, sometimes you want to be that guy and you want to do it early in the count and you want to drive a ball. That's not what it took. You know, it took either uh, you know, a single or, or a walk, and he was patient enough to draw the walk.
0: You know, I think about the two Texas teams normally because I say they shouldn't be in the division. If you got to fly three or more hours to a place and to a different time zone, you shouldn't be in the same division, but it is what it is. And we know that there's a good rivalry right now between the Athletics and the Astros because you've been the two best teams for a while now. Now there's a little something with the Texas Rangers. Talk about the sparks uh, that we've seen at their ballpark and now here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes for for some good theater. I mean, I I don't know that it it ramps up the rivalry. Whenever you play a team 19 times, you're always going to have some issues at some point in time. Uh, It was just a little bit more dramatic. You don't see as many of those these days as far as... Uh, on field stuff and I think that might be our maybe our first or second this year that we've been on the field but I you know what it it's it's it is what it is and typically it happens when you play a team a lot you know we didn't particularly like what Sampson was doing out there and they didn't like us either watching a homer or telling him about it so you know, both sides have have a little bit of a have some angst as far as that goes, and we do play them what eight more times or something like that. So we'll see where it goes when we play them again.
0: Now, for you who grew up and played in a certain era, and you watch the antics, you even listen to what players are saying in, in the post game interviews. Do, do you just kind of go, oh boy, because in your era, if any
1: of this would have gone on, it would have been a whole different story. Yeah, it, gets to, it used to get taken care of real quickly. If someone watched a homer, he got hit the next time up, or the next guy got hit. So it happened pretty quickly, and that usually ended things. When you let uh, the players police it, uh, typically there's a little bit of a shorter duration. Now the umpires are put in a bad spot, and that, you know, do you, do you issue a warning? Does the other team, Did the other team have a fair chance to maybe retaliate? So it puts the umpires in a tough spot. You know, it's it's different now. Old school and new school, that line of old school is being rubbed out. So, you know, let the kids play, guys bat flipping and watching stuff. I really don't know where it starts and where it ends these days. Uh, as far as old school and new school. So it's something that you kind of have to acclimate to a little bit. I don't think it's going away. I think the fans like to see guys celebrating some home runs and so forth, and it's just a little bit of a different game now.
0: Yeah, and and we've looked at in the past as, oh, it's a bunch of old school guys, but this confrontation, we're young pitchers, and Ramon Laureano's 25 years old, so it's young guys who are getting mad at each other. And I just don't know. It's like, do we have to really – Go out and tell everybody, hey, everything's allowed and you just have to suck it up. And, you know, I, I kind of agree with Madison Bumgarner where he said, hey, listen, if we're going to allow them to show emotion, I should be able to show emotion. It's kind of like we all need to agree
1: in this game that this is going to go on and everybody has just got to deal with it. No doubt about it. it if, it's, if it happens one way, it needs to be a two-way street. So... And you're seeing it now. You're seeing some pitchers, you know, Marcus Stroman, some of these guys who are celebrating a strikeout and shimmying or whatever they're doing right now. Uh, It's not across the board in that fashion. It's it's probably more the hitters because it's a little bit more dramatic when you hit a home run than when you strike somebody out. But I think you probably see the pitchers get involved in this a little bit more and where it goes and where it stops. (laughs) I'm not 100% sure. Can you imagine the fines Bob Gibson would get in this era? Yeah, no, they'd be big fines, and they try to stop them right away, and I'm not sure that would that would actually happen, but it, there were a lot of guys that took matters into their own hands. They did it very quickly, and usually the, those things uh, got ended very quickly as well. So now we got
0: the National League Central coming to town where you're going to have the Brewers and then the St. Louis Cardinals. What's the advantage that an American League team has over a National League team when you play in the American League Park?
1: Well, the fact that, you know, usually the nationally things, teams do things a little bit differently towards, towards the bottom of the lineup. Maybe they hit and run a little bit more and, and, you know, do some safety squeezing and stuff with the pitcher. Now the pitcher's not involved and another is involved in it. Uh, you, usually you don't see the, the amount of pinch hitting other than the pitcher spot, maybe in the eight, nine spots. I think uh, with Craig Counts, who's a good friend of mine, you might see a little bit more pinch hitting, with, especially with the righties that they have on the bench right now. So you know, we we probably have the advantage in the American League park in that we do have a DH that that typically is DHing. A little different for them, but I think the biggest advantage is when you play a National League team at their park because they they have a little better understanding of, you know, how the game plays in National League style and the pitchers are, are are prepared to hit all the time. We're just You know, a week out, 10 days out, trying to get our guys to be able to put a bunt down where uh, in the National League game, these guys are a little bit more acclimated to what it takes in the offensive end.
0: You know, Christian Yellis is that kind of guy that I know you get a bunch of data on the opposing team. And uh, I think the data is all going to say he's red
1: hot. What a year he's having. It's an incredible year, and he's hitting lefties, he's hitting righties, he's hitting everybody, he's stealing bases, he's hitting homers, he's hitting for eye average. It's a pretty special season, so uh, this is a guy that we, we, we try to maneuver around. They do have a guy in Yasmani Grandal hitting behind him, who's a switch hitter, who's having a good year, too, but uh, usually there's one team, and especially a guy like this, that you have your eye on, and, and he's having an absolutely terrific season. So, um, you know, hopefully he takes a three-game series off and, hit some balls hard at somebody, and then he can go beat somebody up along the way.
0: Let's end on this. And speaking of your buddy Craig Council, and I think of Matt Williams and getting to know you over the years, your time in Arizona was very special. You Obviously, you guys won a championship being on that staff. But it's just, it seems like a lot of your really close friends in this game came out of that time in Arizona. What was it like being down there with the Diamondbacks for you?
1: That was a special club, and, and everybody came in that spring, and, and very few guys actually had a World Series ring. Everybody was playing for that exclusively. There was no, let's see how we get off to a good start, and maybe we make the postseason. The goal from the very beginning was to win a World Series. And some of my best friends in the game were on that team. You know, Craig Council, obviously Matt Williams, uh, Bob Brenly, who was the manager, Luis Gonzalez. I'm still really close with Mark Grace. All these guys remain tight. And when you win a world championship, it means there's a fraternity there that's going to last forever, that you have that big ring on your finger. And it seems like you, you, you stay in a little bit more close contact to him. Curt Schilling, Randy Johnson, all these guys um, I still stay in contact with. So it was a special group of guys and obviously a very special year.
0: And not only that, it's one of the most historic World Series as the Yankees were going for four straight. You took down arguably one of the greatest dynasties of all time. You know, I, I just think about that World Series. It's so special to get the ring, obviously, but the way you did it also.
1: Yeah, and the games were all in dramatic fashion. I mean, the ones in New York, I, literally when they hit those late-inning home runs, it felt like that place might actually crumble and then we come to our place, have to win game six, and then play a historic game seven that we won in the, you know, with, with an out in the bottom of the seven. So I don't know that there are too many series that have been better than that one. And you know, the players that were in it and the theater of those games, uh, the, the, that won't go down in history books. We appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week.
0: All right. Thank you. The Bob Melvin Show brought to you by NestBetting.com. That's NestBetting.com. Love where you sleep. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.